Hi, following Jesus family, we have a bit of a surprise for you for this morning service. We have Naomi and Lorata with us today. Um, as you can see, we've got our distances covered, so that's all good, all, all protocol observed. Um, it's good to be with you this morning. Um, and we're going to just worship the Lord together. And uh, yeah, let's just enter into God's presence and, and enjoy Him together. Wako, wako, luya pila, 
Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith would be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my faith could ever wonder And my faith would be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith would be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith would be made stronger In the presence of my What a beautiful name it is. 
nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. Oh, I could separate us now. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my what a wonderful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring to the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal now and forever God you reign yours is the kingdom yours is the glory yours is the name above all names what a powerful name it is what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. You have no rival, you have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus.
name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous running, they are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Righteous run in and they are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in. And they are saved. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power that's in your name. As we call upon you, Lord, we know that we are calling upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no name like yours, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified in us today, Lord. Let your name be glorified in us. Over to you, pubs. Hello, hello, following Jesus family. It's so good to be with you again today on this platform. Wow, wow, wow. That was a nice surprise from the worship team to go into the building and, and record a worship set for all of us and help us worship. I don't know about you, but this has somehow helped me to feel like I was in the building worshiping with all of you. If you agree with me, Send some love to the worship team and leave a comment for them and say thank you, Dale, and thank you to the worship team. Siabonga, Realeboha, thank you, thank you, Baya Danki, for all the efforts you put in, guys, to help us worship. So, if you are joining us for the first time, or if you've been joining us for a while on this platform, we want to remind you this is your home too. Feel free to take part, leave a comment, and Hey, you know what you do when you're visiting a home? What comes to mind when you hear police brutality, racism, injustice? A lot of us, when we hear of these words, we shrink. We don't even want to take part in the conversation. Why? Because some of us, we feel disempowered. We feel like we don't have anything to add or our views are not going to be listened to. As FJ, we want to create a space for a brave conversation where we can all learn, listen, pray, lament together. We have two great panelists who will be helping us walk this journey and navigate this tough conversation. We will have this conversation on the 16th of June from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. 
It's a special, special day for this country. We all know the history of what happened on that day. The meeting ID and the Zoom link will be shared on the WhatsApp group immediately after this gathering. Feel free to invite friends, family, who might be keen to take part in this conversation because we want to have a lot of people having a conversation about these important topics. If you need help setting up your Zoom on your phone, laptop, give us a call and let's help you set it up. Or if you want to join but you don't have enough data, tell us and you know we are always keen to help you out. Okay, everyone, this is all the announcements I have for you today. Now, let's get into the word for today. And who's bringing us the word? Victor, the bishop himself. He's bringing us a message about grace. Over to you, bishop. Good day. My name is Victor Pillay, and I am a member of the Following Jesus community. Welcome to a message on living a life of grace. This morning we will explore the concept of grace from a biblical and practical approach. Oftentimes when we mention the word grace, it feels vague and difficult to define. The fact is grace exists inside all of us and all around us. It is commonly referred to as the inner beauty in humanity that radiates outward. Most people, broadly speaking, describe it as the unseen hand that comes from the divine or God when we humans need it most. Others even call it plain old good luck. Let's take a look at how does the Bible define grace. The word case comes from Greek New Testament word, charos, meaning God's unmerited favor. Our scripture reading is taken from Ephesians 2.8. For by grace we are saved through faith, and this is not of ourselves. Rather, it is a gift of God and not our work, so that we can boast. This is an interesting scripture to ponder. Grace is such a wonderful word when mentioned, but so easily misunderstood. As Christians, we are taught that it's God's undeserved act of kindness through Christ, who redeemed us from the curse of the law. This is in particular a reference to the salvation of God. The Apostle Paul now writes to the Ephesians, and he expresses to the church in a mature tone what it is to live the Christian life. Here he emphasizes grace as the key to our salvation, which he calls the gift of God. This, I contend, is our first experience of spiritual grace when God encounters us at conversion. He further explains that this grace transitions to salvation and is received through faith. This is a fundamental distinction from other faiths who believe that we do good, therefore we are good. Here Paul counteracts that by saying, not of ourselves, nor of our works. It is clearly articulated here that God's kindness is expressed in his love towards us. We don't deserve it, and there's nothing we have done or can do to earn it. It is a gift from God, freely available to all who will accept it. I am reminded of the words of the song, Amazing Grace. And it reads, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I am found. 
I was blind, but now I see. It's grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. This for me beautifully sums up Paul's articulation of this verse and his intention to convey to us as the readers. Let's consider for a moment other ways God's grace can be defined. Grace is not just only unmerited favor where God shows goodness towards us. It evolves into mercy, kindness, compassion, and the way God relates to us. I am reminded of a true story of a bunch of foreigners, enslaved, oppressed, marginalized, and subjected to forced labor, stripped of their dignity, economic rights, social and religious life, they work long hours every day for taskmasters to earn the right to live on the land. This oppression and xenophobia against them went on for many long years. In the course of time, a new governor came into power and decided to increase the level of oppression to drive more production from the slaves. This reached breaking point and the slaves began to revolt. As the revolution gained momentum, pain and suffering also grew. In great anguish, people in the community began to cry out to God for relief. Amazingly, God responds. He hatches a plan, raises a troublemaker, and prepares them for the tough journey ahead. This man gets put through the paces. He has to confront the authorities and negotiate between slaves and master ongoingly. He often has to undergo, recruit, strategize a way forward for this community. With so much to contend with and so much to contend for well into the future, notwithstanding this generations of families living under slavery and the added challenge of poor education, lack of opportunity, no land, housing, and actually zero opportunities for wealth creation under the current circumstances. They were bound for a life of eternal generational poverty. As history records, the cry of the oppressed for mercy almost never goes unattended. God uses this leader to institute justice through ten catastrophic assaults on their oppressors in an act to remind them of who they're dealing with. All of this culminates one night when the leader announces that people, tonight is the night. God struck the country and blood flowed profusely from the king to the smallest in the land. Such was the devastation that the president ordered immediate repatriation of these citizens. As their journey commenced, they experienced pain, suffering, narrow escapes, crossing of borders and seas into virtually unknown territory. Needless to say that the horrendous challenges that awaited them was not in short supply. All along, God speaks to them with exquisite grace and says, I have carried you on wings. You will be my people and I will be your God my own possession, my priest, a holy nation.
He then gives them a 10-point plan and a new constitution to build a kingdom community all embodied in the commandments as his plan for their future. We pick this up in Exodus chapter 34 verses 6 and 7 where Moses records, Our God Yahweh is merciful, full of grace, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping faithful steadfast love for thousands of generations, forgiving iniquities and transgression of all our sins. This for me is a description of God's lavish love and grace. Now to the second part of the hymn, Amazing Grace. It says, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Your grace has brought me thus far, and your grace would lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His words my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. When you've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. This is so apt and fitting and appropriate to the story that we have just related. Like in this story, God's grace is God doing for us what we don't deserve. They got to experience the gracious gift of God's grace in the pain and midst of life. Grace to me is a daily gift that lives in the rhythms of our everyday life. I am discovering that grace is not ordinary, although God pours it over us in very ordinary ways. A good indicator of grace is how I treat myself first and others around me. This nation of slaves and 40 years of traveling got to experience God's grace into the promised land. How does grace affect my and your life? If I accept that I always exist in a state of grace, I am able to live more graciously. Knowing that I have grace gives me hope and opens me up to trust through difficult times. When I acknowledge that I am blessed with grace, I can live more generously. It is important to understand that living in a state of grace is not about worthiness, not about good deeds, not about the rituals or the sacrifices we make, but rather it is bestowed on me by a loving, trusting God. This most precious gift that I will ever receive is by faith as I recognize the enormous value of God's grace and overwhelming love for me. I find it is relatively easy to accept grace, but it's rather challenging to live a life of grace. The Apostle Paul captures the meaning of grace in Romans 5 verse 6. At the right time, when we were powerless in our sins, Christ died for us. The good news of God's loving grace is well summarized also in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. 
A question to ask is, what are practical ways we can express grace to others? Be it in our words, our actions, our thoughts, or even with our presence. As mentioned before, grace is a word we frequently hear, but fully don't understand. I believe there's a grace from God for every day of our lives, for every situation, because God knows we can't live without it. Often the attitude we live with is what really matters to the people around us. If you live long enough, you would know that your days don't go exactly the way you like them to. It is only through the richness of God's grace that I get the privilege to do whatever I need to do. Again in Romans 12, verse 3, it says that to every man is given a measure of grace. So instead of trying to fix things, we can release our faith by trusting God to take care of business for us. In a busy world with many decisions and daily choices, there will always, always be plenty to worry about in life. We have opportunity every day to learn from the decisions we make. Many of these choices make us stronger, yet I find myself still struggling with several emotions. With age, maturity, patience and hindsight, I learn more about the value of grace in my life. For me, it's about becoming a better human, having an open mind, and to find dignity and honor in my own life and that of others through quiet moments of contemplation. For many of us, anger and negative emotions hold us back from transitioning in life, which affects our overall life, health and emotional well-being. Discovering grace is a spiritual discipline and a journey of self-discovery to grow to emulate Jesus. The sages tell us that grace is like pulling up a bank account. You will never know when you will need to draw from it. So learn to live a life of grace. Learn to develop a gracious character and nature. The question I pose to you this morning, how is your soul? Is it well with you? In the words of the Mahatma, to know to banish anger altogether from one's heart is a very difficult task. It cannot be achieved through pure personal effort. It can only be done by the grace of God. Max Lucado says, The meaning of life, the wasted years of life, the poor choices of life, God answers all of the mess of life with one word, grace. How well do you appropriate and exercise the grace of God in your life? I remember the words that was one men mentioned. Don't be afraid of who you are, but rather be very afraid of who you're becoming.
Grace is a virtue that we all need to add to our spiritual discipline. My prayer is that God would give us enough grace to live well with ourselves and to live well with others. It is a blessing to have the gift of grace on our life and it's a benefit to those around us. How well is your soul today? I would like you to join me now as I pray the serenity prayer of Reinhard Nier. God grant me the grace to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Let us pray. Father in heaven, eternal and almighty God, we, your people, come before you. We acknowledge your goodness and your unending love. And today, we humbly submit to that. We confess this morning that we are in deep need of your grace, your mercy, your love, and your kindness. Oh God, may you lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. May we live like evergreen shoots along the streams of living water, that we may draw from you the nutritious life that we need to live well in this world. As I pray for our community, I pray, God, that we develop to be the people who carry and bear your name with honor and dignity, that we represent you well in our thoughts, in our actions, in our deeds, in our practices. Make us a people after your own heart, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Bishop Victor. It is amazing how God keeps showering us with his gifts. Last week, we heard about God giving us his own peace as a gift. And today, we hear of his grace as a gift. Remember, both peace and grace are part of God's very own character. God is grace. So basically, he's offering us to himself. Can you believe it? Us who are made perfect and they keep sinning, God still sees it fit to shower us with his gift. How amazing is that? How amazing is the God that we serve? I want to encourage you to spend some time reflecting on what Victor shared today and respond as the Holy Spirit leads. It's your time to spend time with God. Until we see each other again, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Sure, sure.